Hello, everybody. This is Noah, and welcome to Change Talk, a podcast where I have conversations with people who are thinking about change and are open to talking about it. In this week's episode, I speak with Whitney L. Barkley. Whitney is fueled by bringing the best out of others through her work as a content marketing strategist at Speakerazzi an international self-help podcaster at Pink Lemonade Podcast. Whitney is also a children's book author that advocates for young women to be their best selves. Being an entrepreneur who is involved in many projects, she came on to Change Talk to discuss her desire to get better at saying no, to open up her world to more fulfilling projects. Thanks for listening, enjoy, and may Whitney's Change Talk in some small way inspire your own. Please note that this podcast is not therapy. Seek professional help if needed. Okay, we're live. Hey, Whitney. Hello, Noah. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing good. So thanks so much for coming on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am in Columbus, Ohio. So a Midwest girl, born and raised. I am an entrepreneur on a content marketing firm that helps people take their expertise and turn it into content on the internet. And I'm also the host of Pink Lemonade Podcast, which is a self-help podcast to help you turn life's lemons into lessons. It's really just all about personal development, how to become a better version of yourself. And I started it just kind of as an audio diary, just a way for me to document what the things that were important to me were because I feel like sometimes we get so caught up in the hustle and flow of life that we forget who we are and what we value. So that's really just my time to take a, a moment to reflect and understand who I am. Right. So you have that reflection on air and then other people hear your thoughts and it impacts them in, in some way. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> cool. Am I mistaken in that you do something about helping others with their podcasting? Yes. So um, that's something that I do as a part of my business. Um, Fun fact, I actually used to teach podcasting uh, at two schools here in Ohio, the International College of Broadcasting and the Ohio Media School. I built their curriculum to help with podcasting for students. So that's kind of where I got my start as I was doing my podcasting. But then once people realized that this is something that I did, um, they summoned me to help them with their podcast. So I've been able to help uh, several businesses launch and grow their podcasts to help them ultimately with their business goals. Wow. You shared a little bit in your opening email about being a millennial wife and maybe a former workaholic. Talk to us about, so you talked about one part of your identity. Talk to us a little bit about being a a wife or a millennial wife and what that that means to you. Wow. So... I'm going to preface this to say that I was a millennial wife. I'm actually recently divorced. Okay, you were Um, a millennial wife. Correct. So I was a millennial wife. Um, I've been divorced as of maybe two weeks now. Oh oh my God. (laughs) It's been a short time. Yeah, but it's it's really something that was an experience. Um, Getting married young is something that I definitely think was eye-opening because you don't realize, you know, I'm, I'm 29, I'll be 30 in a couple of months, but I was married throughout my entire 20s. And it's definitely a journey because you're getting to know yourself and you're also trying to get to know another person as well at the same time. So for me, um, it definitely was an eye-opener in terms of understanding not necessarily who I am, but who I'm not. So I think that was something that was really key for me is just, you know, navigating through a long-term relationship, but also figuring out, you know, who exactly Whitney is not. Mm. Who aren't you? Wow. Who am I not? Um, I'm definitely someone who is not a pushover. I'm definitely someone that... I'm definitely someone who doesn't operate without intention. 
I think it's very important to operate with intention because it just helps put things into place. It helps you put things into perspective. I believe that we do everything in life and we do it for a reason and all things fall into place for a reason. And I'm also someone who does not believe in losses. I believe that there is a lesson in everything that we consider a loss. And I think it's really important for me to understand that ultimately, when it feels like I'm losing in life, there's something to be learned. And if I can learn something and take it into the next part of my life, then I ultimately feel like I win. So part of the experience of, of this divorce was, you, you mentioned learning by subtraction what, you, what you're not through that experience. So you learned about not being a pushover. And how, on the ground right now, how is that impacting or, or changing how you're going forward? Wow. Um, it's changing how I'm going forward because now I'm in a place of knowing boundaries. I think boundaries are really important. I was someone who didn't really establish a lot of boundaries up front because I always thought, you know, wow, you know, what will another person think? And not just in marriage, this was just in life. This is what, like literally how I operated in business and just other relationships. It was always about, you know, how can I make other people comfortable, not realizing that I was making myself uncomfortable and shrinking myself at the same time. So I think um, in terms of not being a pushover, what I've learned is just it's important to establish boundaries, figuring out what your non-negotiables are, because when you establish your non-negotiables, it puts you in a position to know if something is for you and if it's not for you. And then it also shows you, um, you know, the level of respect that other people have for you, because if people truly respect and value you, they'll value the boundaries that come with you as well. So really asserting yourself, um, coming into your own voice, Absolutely. Sometimes you don't really have the strength to walk away from a situation because, you know, you don't, I mean, nobody likes change. Like no one wants what they think is normal to all of a sudden become abnormal. So, you know, I think fear was the thing that was keeping us together. But ultimately, I think it was scarier to stay in that place, to stay in a place of being stagnant and knowing that you know, what we're doing is not conducive for either of us. So I think that was, you know, truly my breaking point was just understanding that what we were doing no longer served me as a person. And there was just a misalignment of values. You know, sometimes people grow together and sometimes they grow apart. And I think this was a situation where we ultimately grew apart because we no longer carry the same values. And the unique thing about my divorce, um, it was a very friendly process. Like, you know, typically when people think of divorce, it has a negative connotation to it. People are like, oh, people are fighting, people are doing whatever. You know, like there was those parts, you know, before we got to that place. But once we got to that place, it was kind of like a weight had been lifted off of both of our shoulders. There was no pressure for us to be stuck in a bubble that we thought we were both living in at that point. And, um, for me, you know, even now, like my ex-husband, like he's my friend. I mean, he was my friend before we got married. Like, you know, we're friends oh that we gosh. just had dinner the other day. Like no we're way. still very, no, seriously. You. No, dead serious. We're still very good friends. Um, you know, we, we both have an understanding that, you know, we will always be a part of each other's life. But for me, it was very important to step away from that process and not have any kind of anger or resentment. So when I decided that, hey, we're going to get this divorce, like I immediately went into therapy. Like I had never done therapy before. Um, you know, it was like no one in my family had ever done therapy. My friends had started to do it. Um, and I think some of that just kind of influenced me because I saw the change that they went through. You know, I saw them going from being a certain way to being a, a calmer person. So I, I immediately saw the therapist. And I think that is really what helped me get through that process because I had someone to process with me who didn't necessarily know me, but it was a third party that I could really just get things out to. Right. So you had support both from your family and friends as well as a therapist mm -hmm. um, to, to sort of help you through that. and. Either way, I hope that both of you are uh, able to continue to rebuild and, and like you already have such a positive attitude about your experience and just that you're continue to be come into your own as as individuals again and wishing you the best. I mean, I think the hardest part of anything was just realizing that you are no longer a part of someone else and getting into, okay, I'm not in this relationship anymore. So who am I right now? So that's really the question that's kind of been lingering over my head, um, you know, just for the past, past couple of months. Like, how do I get to know myself? Right. Because, you know, be, you, you mentioned, and again, when I sort of prefaced this was I asked you being that wife and that workaholic. So 
obviously being a wife was a very consuming identity experience for you. Um, and now there's a huge opening that's happened because you're no longer in that relationship. So talk to me a little bit about you identify sort of as a workaholic. What does that mean? Oh, wow. So the workaholic thing, I mean, that's pretty much my entire life. Like ever since I was a kid, like I always had to have the best grades in school, always had to be the best in whatever it is that I did. Um, same way through college. And then when I decided to become an entrepreneur, um, I knew no bounds. Like, I really felt like if I wasn't always on, if I wasn't working, then I was failing. So um, I worked a lot. You know, I, you, you literally would see me get up in the morning and all the way up until it was time to go to bed, you know, sit at my computer and do things. And, you know, I enjoyed it. You know, I get an adrenaline from working, but then I realized that I'm doing all this working, but what am I working for? You know, what's the point of working so hard and doing a lot of these things if you can't enjoy it? And I had to really take back and start to look at the layers because I started to realize like, you know, I'm saying yes to a lot of different things. And sometimes we see things as opportunities, but they're really distractions from what we're really supposed to be doing. So, you know, especially when you're just starting a business, you're like, yes, I'll do this. Yes. You know, I'm ready to do, you know, you make yourself available, but then you realize like, Hey, you know, is this really contributing to my bottom line? Is this really going towards the goals that I really set out for my business this year? And when I started to really peel back the layers, then that's when I had to learn again, that were boundaries. That's when boundaries came for me professionally, you know, learning how to say no to things that weren't in alignment. Because every time that we say yes to something, we're saying no to something else. And I didn't want to put myself in a position where I was saying no to the things that really were best fit for what it is that I wanted to do. So, so this identity of being a, a workaholic, which just for you has been working from morning to evening, saying yes to everything, all of that. And then you mentioned for what purpose? And for what purpose? For what purpose did you um, want to say no more to work to make time for? Well, I think the biggest thing when it comes to purpose of working for this, like a lot of people start businesses because they want the flexibility and freedom. And I think my original intent and purpose was, hey, I want to become a business owner because I want the flexibility and freedom to be a creative you know, to do some of the things that I want to do to go into a specific creative direction. But I also want the flexibility and freedom because, you know, at the time I was married, you know, I wanted to enjoy, you know, eventually having, a, I don't have any kids or anything now, but, you know, I wanted to have a family, do family things. And so I had to go back to that. Um, I think flexibility and freedom is something that's still very important to me because, you know, now I'm in a state where I have to be conscious of who I am. And so I can't learn who I am if I'm always constantly working. So it's been a great experience of saying no to more things. It's still something that I struggle with to this day. Um, it's still something that I'm working through. But, you know, the things that I have managed to say no to, it's made room for things that I really enjoy. And it's given me confirmation that, um, you know, I don't need to work all the time to be successful. You can still create some sort of balance and harmony in your life without overdoing it. Right. So there's mm -hmm. more, there's more space for you now. And then, you know, others, you know, when I started to realize like how other people perceived me, um, you know, it, it became a problem for me because, you know, people would have events or things and they're like, oh, you know, I wanted to invite you, but I know you're working all the time. And I'm like, no, like you can still, you can still invite me. I'll still come because I had said no to so many things before. Again, saying no to things that I really wanted to do, you know, and sacrificing to do other things. So that became something that was very important to me. Like I have uh, two nieces and a nephew and they're like, oh, well, you know, you're always working. So we didn't want to ask you or I didn't want to bother you. And I'm like, no, absolutely. You can bother me anytime. So I had to um, kind of change that about myself so people can know that I am accessible to them, at least to the people who matter. Yeah, I being invited is important. Like I, <laughs> I keep the Sabbath from Friday night to Saturday night and I'm not online. I'm not plugged in. I don't drive anywhere, but I like to be invited. And I've told my friends this, like invite me, even though I'm a hundred percent not going to be able to come. It's a reminder. I want you there. Um, yes. So, you know, and, uh, and just in this conversation, we're asking about different pieces of your identity and I want to give you some space to talk about, to talk about your work identity in the sense of, why it's meaningful for you. What, what's your favorite part about the work that you're doing right now? Well, for me, I really think my work is driven from a place of 
understanding that everyone has their own genius. I believe that everyone is good at something. They're an expert at something. And I would often go places. So I used to go to a lot of conferences. So I would meet like all these great people. They were speakers, you know, they, they would go into a room, they could light up a room, get people fired and going. And then like, I would go to like their social media or their website. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is crickets. Like, what, you know, what are you doing? And I realized that, you know, a lot of people were experts, but they didn't really know how to communicate their message. And for me, storytelling and putting things into perspective, it comes very natural for me. And so for me, I just feel like I'm a conduit for helping people share a message. You know, I'm just that vehicle. Like they're the visionaries, but I'm the executor. I'm the person who's allowing them to really share their message with the world in a meaningful way and in a way that truly communicates their value. Because a lot of times, you know, most entrepreneurs, business owners, they're, you know, typically small operations. They might be a, a one man or one woman show, or they might have a couple of other people and they don't really have that support. And, you know, my job, really is to make people's lives easier when it comes to marketing. You know, they have the content, they have the things that they need to say. It's just up to me to take it and put it into a way that makes other people see the value that I see in them. Right. And so that that's its own skill set that transcends any of the current tools, but you have to probably have a wor really strong working understanding of how Instagram works, Facebook, maybe even TikTok at this point. Yeah, I live on all of those platforms, um, which is, you know, it, it's been a blessing and a curse. Um, <laughs> Talk to me about the curse. <laughs> <laughs> well, the curse is... I'm a digital minimalist, so... <laughs> I, well, when you're a social media person, because um, yeah. social media management was something that I did pretty heavy. Um, when I started in my career, I worked for a television station. So I was a digital content producer and we always had to be on. Um, that's the, the scary part of social media when you're working it as a, as a career or occupation, because like you always have to constantly be in tune with what's happening, you know, changes to algorithms, new updates, you know, just watching out into the world, doing an environmental scan to see if there's opportunities for your clients to be a part of a conversation um, it's a it's a curse because you never really get to, to step away you know you're engrossed by so many different messages you know they say we see you know ten, up to 10,000 different messages every day mm -hmm. and so it's really hard to kind of take time away and again you know have that moment to yourself to really think about the things that you value because if you're always looking at messages and analyzing and you know trying to figure out other things it leaves very little room for you to really have time to yourself and your own identity so um that that's a really big thing exhausting it it is i mean but it's also rewarding work too when you know when you really know how to do it yeah but um, but yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I, I love, I love it. I love, uh, the, the elements of social media, how things change quickly. Um, so that's why I always encourage people, you know, if they're doing social media for themselves, you have to become an early adopter. So when things are happening, like I always try to be the first to jump on it because you never know how it's going to blow up. Like TikTok, no one ever saw TikTok becoming this phenomenon that it is now. So I think it's very important to kind of get on those platforms early to really understand, you know, how they work and, yeah. and what that potential could look like for you. Yeah. As we wrap up this part of the interview, what's the most awesome project or person that you've worked with and, and why was that the case? The best project and person that I've worked with. Hmm. This is, this is actually really early in my career. It was for a nonprofit. Um, they work with young girls, like girls who were in the inner city, and they they wanted to do a video for a grant. Um, this grant, um, it was a, a small amount of money, but it was a, a big deal to them, like because it really opened the doors for the things that they could do. So we created this documentary for them. It was like a mini documentary, and then we took it to the competition, and you know everyone had like all these powerpoints and stuff, and then here they come with like this video, and people <laughs> were like, <laughs> you know, people were like crying, and, like it was really emotional because people were like crying. People were really excited about it, and they won the grant, and I just never forget that moment because I knew what that grant would do for them. So I think that was one of the most fulfilling things that I've ever done because I yeah. know that um, it had a long-term impact and they're able to use that video over and over for more grants and more opportunities. So the fact that to know that I created something that has longevity for their organization is something that makes me really happy. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I'm so thankful for all of what you just shared. And let's move into Change Talk. Before we move on to the Change Talk, have you lost track of the hours you lose browsing and scrolling? Most of us have a hard time answering that question truthfully. Our suggestion? 
Utilize technology to help conquer technology. Focus Me is the productivity app that forces you to focus. The fully customizable tool blocks digital temptations, giving you countless hours of your life back by blocking selected keyword searches, desktop apps, and websites. The best part about it? It is unbeatable, uncheatable, unworkaroundable. I personally have been using it successfully for almost two years now. To join me, go to focusme.com slash changetalk for a 20% discount off your first payment. And if you are a student, go to focusme.com slash request dash educational dash discount to request an additional 30% off your first purchase. And now on to the change talk. So we've hinted at and alluded to something, some things that you want to talk about. Talk to me on, on the ground right now. What's, what's going on that, you want to th- that you're thinking about changing or improving or amplifying to make better? Um, the thing that I'm changing to make better is just getting better at saying no. Um, I had mentioned that a little bit before, but this is something that has been an ongoing theme in my life. Um, sometimes just saying yes without even thinking through anything. I think there was a quote from, I want to say it was Warren Buffett. He said that it takes him 72 hours to make a decision. Like he doesn't say yes immediately. Like he has to think about, you know, what are the ramifications of if I say yes, what are the pros, what are the cons? And so I'm trying to take that approach um, to be not so gung-ho to say yes immediately and to give myself really time to make sure that I have space. Like that's one of the things that my therapist always tells me, like, you know, you have to ask yourself, you know, do I have space for this in my life right now? Or are you making room? Because I think there is a significant difference. You know, when you make room, you're kind of like trying to cram everything at once. But when you're making space, you're truly giving yourself the opportunity to grow. So um, by saying no, I think I'm giving myself more opportunities to grow. So you want to say no a lot more than you have been right now. Mm-hmm. So wh- give, me, should I give me an example of a situation recently where you said yes, and mm-hmm. then you just felt a little burned out or frustrated or resentful in a subtle way, like where you're fe- you felt like your boundaries had been crossed. Is, is, that, is there anything that comes to mind for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I can give an example professionally. So, um, I, so I used to be a web designer. So like web design was one of the big ways that I made income for my business. But, you know, after learning about myself, um, you had to kind of figure out what are your triggers. So like I started to notice like, man, I would do these websites and I was not enthused about it anymore. So I'm like, okay, I have the transition out of doing websites. So I had a couple of websites left on my plate um, that I had previously said yes to. So I got most of them done. And so there was one particular project where it just, it dragged, right? Like it just, it dragged. Um, I worked with the client. I said, yes, um, we went through several different revisions of the site. And I'm like, wow, we've been working on this project for almost eight months and we're still not done. So I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to do in this moment? So when the client came to me with another revision, like, hey, you know, I basically want to redo everything. Let's start over. That is when I had to make the conscious decision to say no. And I was so scared. I didn't want to because I'm like, you know, we spent a lot of time. You know, they're going to hate me. You know, there's all this anxiety around saying no. But I realized that if I really wanted to move forward in the direction that I wanted to go, I could no longer do this. So um, what I learned was, you know, as I told her, hey, you know, um, you know, I have to decline moving forward with this project because, you know, this no longer is serving me. You know, I've uh, made commitments to do other things and I don't have space for this anymore. So, you know, what I want to do is refer you to someone who I think can really help take this project and, and give you the energy and everything that you need for it. But, you know, this is something that I can no longer do. So that was something that was very fulfilling to me. It was very scary because, yeah. you know, I did, you don't know the reaction. You don't know how people are going to respond but ultimately um, it was better for me because I knew that if I had kept saying yes, then that project would have never ended. And I would ultimately be blocking um, the things that I knew that I needed to have come for me. So, so you said, so you were saying yes, yes, yes. And then eventually mm-hmm. you decided I got to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you were just saying yes, what was that like that experience of just saying yes? It was draining because I knew I wanted to say no, but I said yes because I thought that's what would make someone else happy. Like it, it, I always put that at the forefront. Like, you know, what I feel doesn't matter. I can get through this. You know, like you kind of talk yourself through, like, I'm going to get this done. I'm I, can, get through I can hustle it. through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, at some point you have to be realistic and 
that that was my moment of being realistic <laughs> by saying no. Right. So what about saying yes is so important for you in general? I think it's just validation. Like, I think I was formerly, I, I, I feel a little differently now, but I used to be in a place where I just always wanted to please people. It was very important for me to be validated by other people. Like I always wanted to appear as if, you know, I was the go-to person. Like people could always depend on me to do things, you know, not realizing that um, the person that I was for other people, I needed to be that person for myself at the same time. So yeah. I think my yeses were really driven by being validated by people. But um, I had to get to a place where I had to learn how to validate myself. So that way those yeses didn't have as much weight in my life. Yeah. So saying yes is this whole big validation of when, when I say yes, I make others happy and people like me and people like, and people depend on me and I'm that person and I'm strengthening that reliability muscle that I have. My reputation is growing. Yes. No, that, that's literally my brain. <laughs> like that, that was literally the way that I would think about these things. But I just realized that, um, and I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older or what, because it's so funny. Like when you're younger, like I used to look at um, like other women sometimes, like I was like, oh my gosh, like, why is she so mean? Why, like, why does she set all these boundaries? And like, now I understand, like, I understand why people <laughs> have boundaries now. <laughs> It's the mental space of making more and more and more and more room in your schedule for others. It's more of a meta. It's not you in particular that they don't want to make time for or space for. It's just the idea of opening up and opening up and opening up more. You've been a yes person mostly, and it's been very validating and it's been career defining and it's identified the kind of person that you want to be in terms of reliability interpersonally. Big things absolutely i heard a, a quote that kind of like it kind of helped change my perspective last year um we talked she i heard a speaker and she was talking about the importance of saying no which was something that you know was very timely for me at the time and she said that you know if you ever have a problem with saying no you have to let people know that right now you deserve the best and i can't give it to you and that's always been in the back of my head. I mean, I, th I just think it's another way of thinking about it. Because like, when we say yes to something that we really want to say no to, you really don't give your all to it. Like you're doing it, you know, because you feel like you have to, not because you want to. There's a, like, I can tell the difference of when I do work, when it's a project I'm really excited about versus something and I'm like, eh, you know, I can take it or leave it. And, and that's the thing, like, I don't want to say yes to things that I feel, um, lukewarm about like I want to be excited about everything that I say yes to and even though you know sometimes you get caught up in other people's energy like people see what you can do for them they get excited about you they know what kind of value you can bring to them but if you can't reciprocate that energy it is better to say no because they need to find someone who can give them their best because you know that you're not going to give your best and so that's kind of the mentality that I've kind of taken on totally can you repeat that line that you said sure um if it comes to someone, if it comes to you saying no to someone, you have to let them know that you deserve the best. And right now I can't give you my best. Right. Right. You, I can't give you my best. So saying yes has had a lot of, it's been useful for you. Is there anything else about saying yes that's been useful for you other than the sort of social validation piece to it? Um saying well and you know and i also say too like i've said yes to a lot of things um sure. and some of them were actually great things you know like they actually were things that allowed me to go out of my comfort zone i think it's just a, you know using a level of discernment like really evaluating your yeses like i think everything has a different weight or different meaning and I think that's why that 72 hour rule is important because you really need to evaluate, you know, what is this yes going to do for me? How is this going to change my life? Um, and then, you know, if I say yes to this, what ultimately am I saying no to? And, that, and that's something that's really important to me too, because um, there have been times that I've said yes to things and then something else comes up that I absolutely wanted to do, but because I felt so um, close to my commitment to saying yes to something else previously, I had to let the other thing go. So, you know, that's where um, 
you know, that's really where you have to start to evaluate what yes means to you. But again, like some of my yeses have led to great opportunities. To, I've said yes to things and it's led me to places that I never thought I would go. So I don't regret those, but I just know that I have to be, um, it's not like the food pyramid, you know, at the top of the food pyramid is like, use your sweet sparingly. Like I have to say my yes is sparingly. <laughs> sure. So opportunities, saying yes is opportunities and 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 really interesting opportunities that you've had you it's not as if saying yes you're still working and providing value and saying yes to tons of opportunities and so there's always that fear that maybe if i say no i lose an opportunity Mm -hmm. but you've also then flipped that around and said but if i say no i'm still if i say no i'm saying yes to other opportunities Mm-hmm. You sort of made that flip in your head a little bit. Yes, I mean yeah. Yeah, it, it. It can go. It can go both ways. Um, it, the opportunity piece is important because there are plenty. There are endless opportunities, but it's just making sure that you connect to the right ones. And I think that's where intentions are really important. That's why you have to really get to know yourself because when you know the things that you want, it's easy to say yes or no to something if it doesn't already align with what you already have in mind. Those are two very big primal desires, new, new opportunities, novelty, as well as social validation. Absolutely. Which probably makes it really hard to <laughs> say no. It, it does. It, yeah. it does. But, you know, um, when it comes to saying no now, I just think it's important to because sometimes I feel like we say yes to things in life because of how it will look, right? You know, you know, I'm going to do this because it looks like a great opportunity. It's going to make me look a certain way. And I'm finding more and more that it's more important to understand. It's more important to me of what my life feels like versus what it looks like. Because I can say yes to certain things, but if it doesn't make me feel good, like what good is it? And I just think it's important to understand, you know, how do certain things make you feel? Does this make me feel full? Do I feel whole doing this? And if it doesn't, then, you know, it's it's not really something that I want to be a part of. And you have that opportunity, like you mentioned way at the beginning, as being a business owner to to pick and choose. You don't work for an employer where they say, you got to do this now and you got to do that now. So that's sort of an interesting thing that the opportunity that you have. Um, So it sounds like there's just, there's, there are some compelling things to continue to say yes disproportionately beyond your means, but then there's strong reasons that you want to say no. Just sort of enliven those a little bit. I think saying no helps with a lot of things. I think one of the things it helps with is just anxiety. Um, You know, I've been that person to juggle multiple things at one time. And, you know, I've noticed that when you try to do too much, Um, while you may excel in one thing, something else is going to lack somewhere. So it's really important to understand what your capacity is. I think capacity is something that's really important. So by saying no, I'm honoring my capacity. You know, I'm saying no, because I know that I need to be great at these other things. And if I take on something else, then it's going to make me become mediocre at everything. So I don't want to forfeit the opportunity to be good when I know that, you know, saying no is something that I can easily do. It, kind it of. splinters <laughs> your mind and attention mm-hmm. like in more things. And, and then you just, there's more anxiety in that. Mm-hmm. And then not being, and then this underlying experience of feeling like you're not being your best. Absolutely. I mean, and that's what I want to do. I want to feel like I'm at my best. Um, you know, I feel like, per, I mean, personally and professionally, we are all a brand And branding to me goes beyond logos and aesthetics and things like that. Branding is about the experience that people have with you. Hmm. You know, that is ultimately what makes us unique is the experience that we provide people, whether we're doing that in business or in relationships. And um, people will forget a lot of things, but people will never forget how you made them feel or what they felt when you did something for them. And so that's something that I I try to always try to keep in consideration because when people experience me, I want them to feel like they've always experienced my best. It's the Whitney experience. (laughs) Right. And so when you say no, and then that means that you're focused on providing the best Whitney experience for the people that are depending on you the best you. Absolutely. 
So that sort of decrease in anxiety and being all over the place with more responsibilities and a deepening of, of your opportunities with the people you're already committed to, to be the best Whitney for the Whitney show. Um, anything else? Um, saying no is important because again, um, going back to appearances, I think early on in my career, I thought it was important that I always look busy. And I think there's a difference of being busy versus being productive. Uh And um, I say no to things that threaten my productivity. Like I need to, you know, I need to be productive, not just for business, but just also for myself. You know, there were, there were times in my business where I didn't take care of myself at all. I'm like, Oh, Oh, I can skip lunch. Oh, I can skip dinner. And then I realized at the end of the day, Oh, I didn't eat anything today. And I, you know, and my stomach is like growling. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. Or, you know, forfeiting exercising or just kind of doing some of those things that um, essentially make me me. Cause you know, we have kind of our own personal productivity that we need to do so we can be our best selves. So I think that's something that's very important. I just don't want to forfeit being productive um, for both my personal and my business life. Yes. I, um, it was a, a one day, a couple of weeks ago, cause this is what I, I had gotten back into my busy mode, um, right after my divorce. Cause I think that was my way of like staying busy, staying focused. And I remember and one okay. day <laughs> I was so focused on making oatmeal and Noah making oatmeal was an accomplishment for me that day to get up and make oatmeal at seven o'clock in the morning felt like I was on top of the world. And right. that's important to me. <laughs> like it's very small, but it's very important. No, but it means it means I'm eating food. I'm taking care of myself. I'm making time for that. I'm nourishing myself. Like these are big things, mm-hmm. even if it's as small, you know, as having oatmeal in the morning. It is. So, so you've got, again, important values that you can live out by saying no more, especially in business opportunities. Uh, that's really going to be helpful for you, which is deepening what you already have, expanding. Um, other identities that are outside of outside of the work that you live and just decreasing that splintering of being all over the place and in the anxiety that comes with that those are really important it is um and piecing it all together it's, it's taking me a really long time to come to this place and I'm happy that I'm in this place right now because I feel like my life has a little bit more clarity. Um, I kind of know the things that I need. Like before, I didn't really know what I needed to work on. It just felt like everything was everywhere. But, you know, knowing um, that I just kind of need to be more centered in my yeses and my noes, like that has been a game changer for me because it allows me to have a level of focus that I didn't have before. It's exercising your will. You mentioned having. Um, putting others first, you know, that sort of sense of self being all, you know, all over the place and saying no is harnessing that part of you that says like, I can make decisions. I can do that with confidence. I can choose what's best. I, I, I can make positive life affirming decisions. Absolutely. And, th- and this is one of them. So let me ask you, how are you going to communicate to yourself so that when you say no, you still don't feel like you're losing out the way that you have in the past because saying yes is so great and abundant for you? Um, I think that boils down to, to affirmations. Um, I think after, like I have an app on my phone, like I get an affirmation like every four hours, like that's something that's really important to me. And I think, you know, coming up with my own affirmations for when I say no, is just something that kind of reconfirms that it was the best decision. Cause you know, sometimes you have a little bit of remorse, like, Oh man, I shouldn't have said no to that. Or, you know, I should have did this a different way, but you just have to remember that, um, again, it just goes back to what you value. What is that intention? What are the goals that you're setting for yourself? Like, like no matter what, for me, I have to keep those things in the forefront. Um, I know sometimes there could be a little bit of wiggle room because sometimes you could say yes to things, um, to things that will surprise you and you had no idea that it could change your life. Um, but ultimately, I think based on where I've been, you know, and what I know I've struggled with, I think it's important for me to have structure. Um, I think that's what this phase of my life looks like now is learning how to create structure so I can operate. So then, you know, I can say yes to some of those things, but ultimately building that structure for me is important. Yeah. If there's a one step, one thing uh, that you want to do right now, a little bit better in this area, if there's just something that you could do differently 
that could just increase that healthy saying no capacity to like 5% greater or 2% greater? What, what do you think that would be? Hmm. One thing to say no better. Um, I would say don't linger. Um, give myself enough time to make up the best decision for myself, but also don't stretch out the time to say no. Because I dread saying no, you know, like it's just not, like it's, it's still a difficult conversation for me to have with other people. Like sometimes, you know, depending on the person, it could feel a little bit more at ease, but um, most of the time I'm still very tense about it and I put it off and I'm like, I can't put it off because people need an answer because I think people deserve to hear no because then they can make other arrangements. And I have to remind myself that, you know, I can't always be plan A, you know, there is a plan B somewhere. You just have to, you know, reject them so they can know that they can find a plan B. So yeah. I think definitely um, just being more swift in my answers. Cause oftentimes like it's very rare that I'm like very indifferent. Like, I don't know if I should say yes or no. A lot of the times when people ask me something and if I don't want to do it, I know immediately. But I try, I think sometimes I try to convince myself like, oh, I can do it. Like I try to talk myself out of saying no, because I just don't want to have the conversation. So I think just being so more aware of that. <laughs> with, the, with the 72 hour thing, that is interesting. I know. So it's like, Maybe I want to give the myself. advice for you. <laughs> <laughs> if you kind of know. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe part of what your change talk is about really is you, you, sometimes, you know, now there's times that you want to deliberate, like you've said, thinking it through, do a cost benefit, etc. But if there's times when you just know you're not going to do that, mm -hmm. but you're waiting, is that maybe where you want to get, get better at just Absolutely. not avoiding the conversation? Yeah, I, I don't want to avoid the conversation. Like I want to yeah. be like, I like, I really love people like, I love people who are so direct. Like I admire people who are like, no, this is not what I want to do. Uh, and like, it always takes me back because I'm not like that. But I love the fact that they can just be bold and unapologetic about what it is that they want and what they don't want. And so yeah. that's what I want to practice more of. Because again, there's a lot of times that I know that I don't want to do it, but you know, I say yes, because I don't, I want to avoid that conversation or I don't want to have that different right. conversation. Now the 72 hour thing for the yeses, I, I think can still be applicable. Cause if I know I do want to do it, I need to make sure that if I'm saying oh, yes to it, so that I need to get the, for the yes. Mm -hmm. When you have a yes in mind, it's still maybe just taking a little bit more time before jumping. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's just formulating that. Yes. Because sometimes, you know, people will present things to you and you have to figure out, you know, what, what is the maximum value that I would get out of this opportunity? How do I make sure that if I say yes to this, how is it going to serve the purpose that, you know, I'm thinking that it's going to serve for me. Right. So the, the key right now for you, and maybe that next step is when you know, you're going to say no to say no earlier, even a little bit earlier than you would in the past. Absolutely. And, and so how do you, how do you say no? Let's say, for example, because let's bring this to, to, to you and I here. So we reach out to you and ask you to be on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm guessing you get lots of podcast invitations. Why, why would you say yes to this? What was your process? Oh, what was our process? Okay. Um, so for this podcast, so it was weird because like I got the message and I was like, okay, like this, this is cool. Let me look at the social media. So I looked at your social media and I was like, oh, this is good. So I, I probably like liked a couple of different things that you did. And then I was like, man, you know, this is a lot, you know, this is, um, you know, it's, it's more personal. It's not necessarily me talking about content or social media, the stuff that I do, but I'm like, but it's really important because it's important for me to have these conversations because I value being transparent. And I felt like I said, yes. Well, I know that I said yes, because I felt like this podcast was in alignment with the things that I do on Pink Lemonade. It's about self-reflection. And mm -hmm. then like when I looked at your back, like your wife had explained like your background and like, you know, the concept. And I, I, I thought it was a unique concept that I had never heard of before. So I was like, you know, this is something that I definitely want to do because I know that, um, I know this conversation can be helpful. Like even now just talking to you, like figuring out that I'm delaying saying, like, I didn't expect to say that to you today or to come to this conclusion that I take too long to say no. Right. Um, that's just something that happened in conversation. So I felt like this conversation will be a value add because it had the potential to teach me something about myself, given your background. Cool. So in other words, you thought it through, it provided value and you said yes. And let's say you wanted to say no, not mm -hmm. to me, or to, but to anybody, 
how do you, how do you, how do you do it? Like, is there like a way that you do it? Like you mentioned that line that you said, which I really liked earlier. I can't be my best self for you or something like that. Mm-hmm. How do you say no that makes you feel like the least bit like, ooh, I said no? Well, first I freak out and I'm like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this. Should I do this? I can do this. Maybe I should do it. Just, you know, because I don't want to be mean. But then it's like, I, I, I can't do it. And so like I, I just go through, I probably go through about a day of anxiety of saying right. no around it. Um, and then I'm like, wow, um, I, I got to get back to the person. I have to figure it out. And so I'll probably draft up something and then I'll probably send it to like three of my friends to say, does this sound okay? Am I, <laughs> am I overreacting? Um, does this sound mean? And then I had to get approval. And then once I get the approval, then I'll send it off. And then once I send it off, I'll log out of everything because I have anxiety of the response. <laughs> right. So this is a big process. This is a big, big, big process. I understand. It's like a lot's at stake, you know, in a, in a way, even though it's not. It's like you take so much time. If you said yes, you, maybe it would have even less time <laughs> than, than the process of saying no. I'm, I'm, I'm not being serious because I'm sure saying yes isn't just a one podcast interview or things like that. So, so do you have like a pre-drafted thing that you say, like, thank you so much for thinking of me. And it means a lot that you thought about me for this opportunity. Um, I can't be my best. Like, is there something like generic? I don't have a generic message. It just depends on the message. But the one thing I will say, and I learned this from a great a friend of mine, um, you, you never want to burn a bridge. You always want to leave the door open. So in any of my communications, if I say no about something, because sometimes it just may not be the right time. Sometimes I might not be in the right headspace or it might not be in alignment, but you want to keep the door open just in case, you know, there is an opportunity to work together. So I always want people to feel like, you know, Hey, this may not be the right time for her now, but you know, maybe in the future, there's an opportunity to do something different, unless it's something that's like totally off base and has nothing to do with anything that I do. But if it does have some sort of alignment and if it's just not the right time, or if I'm just not in the right space, I always try to make sure that, you know, Hey, you know, maybe we can re-explore this in a couple of months or whatever. Right. So there's definitely a way for you to do it that can keep that door open or it's a no, but it's a no that's inviting or nice and like kind about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just a no answer or like a simple, like, sorry, can't do it. Bye. Yeah. Like it's for me to do that. Like that would break my heart. Like I, (laughs) like it would give me so much fear. Like, cause I've seen people send messages like that before where it's like, no, thank you. Uh, Appreciate it. But no, thanks. Um, I don't know. I guess it's just who I am as a person. I just feel like I have to explain myself a little bit more. Right. Are you open to like a couple thoughts I have or suggestions I have about this? Absolutely. So like there's a way, you know, I have a lot of generic messages that I send out because it saves a lot of time, but I add a flavor or a soul of like, there's a, there's a template of like how I would want to respond. And then I include, I'm sure, you know, I include like, if I'm asking for someone to come on the podcast, I'll have a generic message, but then I'll, comment on particular things that I like about what they're doing. I'll, I'll make it personal, but I'll have a, a lot of the time already spent thinking about what's the best way I want to communicate this. Similarly with the no, I wonder what it would be like to compose a, an, a template of, of no that is sort of a generic as much as possible so that you can customize it. But a lot of the meat and potatoes is already there based on the essence of what you would want to say to somebody when you say no. I wonder what that would be like for you. Yes. Okay. So that's my homework because I want to do that now. And I'm pretty sure I need to create one for different scenarios of when I would say no. But maybe what it does is you spend the time then different scenarios, whether it's uh, from like a podcast to um, being a content manager for somebody, just like a, a different flavor. But then it says, I really like what you're doing. I saw this. That just says like, I'm thinking about you, you're great, I just can't do it. But it's like as generic and universal and then you add little bits of what is really happening with that person's request so that they feel heard, but you've spent a lot of, you already done a lot of the work already mm-hmm. in preparation. Okay, I love that idea. I, I need that. I need to cool. do that like 29 years ago when I was first born. That works. <laughs> I, so I, on my, on, my, on my email app, which I use Spark, um, there's like templates. There's many that you can do where you, I have like, there's a button on the bottom during on any composition, you press it and then it, it comes up. There's a bunch of titles that have different templates. So I have change talk. After this episode, I'll have 
an email to you that is a, a follow-up because I ask you to send a couple things over. But I'll also make mention of something we did or something we talked about so that you'll, it stands, it's still very personal. Mm-hmm. But I'm asking a similar thing to every person, so I don't need to rewrite it every time. Mm. Um, so there's, that's just a suggestion or a thought that I have about it. Well, I appreciate that. And now I have it on my to-do list to create this no template because that might make my life a lot easier. <laughs> okay, so maybe we had a bigger goal, which was like, say no faster. But maybe even the first step for a change doc is just to produce a template that di- or a few templates based on certain no's, um, just so that you don't have to spend so much time composing and then re-editing it, sending it over to other people. (laughs) I mean, that sounds really exhausting. It is. Yeah. And then maybe just it, and then the more you do that, the more that's just the pattern of how you do things. Okay. Yes. I I received that and accept that. And I'm (laughs) going to do that. (laughs) Cool. So thank you so much. I always like to finish off with just a phrase or a line or an image that encapsulates or sums up everything that we've talked about as a mantra or a reminder for you? Um, is it just saying no, or I can say no? Like, what, what would it be for you? I would say don't do anything that threatens your best. I think that's really important. Um, you know, whether that's saying yes or no, you just want to make sure that you're able to exert a certain level of energy and enthusiasm that people are expecting of you. I mean, even for you to expect of yourself, you know, we all, again, are a brand. We all are an experience to other people and we don't want to jeopardize the experience that we know that we can give to others. And that starts with being genuine and true to ourselves, knowing what we want and making sure that we're aligning ourselves with the things that fall into line with what we desire. Yes to my best. That sounds good. Yes, to my best. I like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So thank you so much. And I hope, and, and like you've alluded to that, you know, your particular concerns are things that other people, if they are struggling with it, can, can learn from and can inspire them in their own way. So thank you so much for your transparency with this, for sharing with us a little bit about what saying no would mean to you and for everything else that you shared for us. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Don't forget to follow us on social media to keep updated on all our content. We are at Change Talk Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Change Talk Pod on Twitter. Editing for this podcast is done by the lovely Atara Shields Tile. Music and theme song by Hope and Social in their album Yorkshire Electric EP with the song People Change. <laughs> <laughs>